Hey, hey. <laughs> we now not only have one studio, but two. But two. Surprise. We, <laughs> we have, well, we were thinking where our studio is that we just built is kind of far out of town. And we were like, ooh, what if we couldn't get there? What if we, what if we can't make it out there? What if the snow, what if the blah, 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 blah. So we need to have a backup studio. Jesus. We're a train wreck. And now it's our favorite place to be because it has air conditioning. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's away from, yeah, it's great. We could hide, we could probably hide in here and like get drunk away from the children. Well, (laughs) easy. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. But now we have have two studios. So. It might be a little echoey today, but we're going to resolve that. We're working on it. Because now, I mean, Tracy doesn't have enough projects, so. You know, she's crazy, so. So I need I need more shit to put on my plate. Yeah. So here's this one. Here we are. But it's fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. We got a rug. We have a rug. <laughs> <laughs> and my chair is like the most uncomfortable chair ever, which is good to know because I was going to buy like multiple ones of these. No, that doesn't work. Don't do that. It doesn't work. like some comfy chairs. Yeah. Then we'll never really want to leave. Exactly. We already don't want to ever leave. (laughs) So quiet. Yes. Without screaming kids everywhere. Anyway. (laughs) I love being a mom. 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 If you say it enough, it'll become true. (laughs) Right. So um, I got called out on something. Yeah, I'm supposed to publicly shame you. Okay, give it to me. So, well, that's not what he said. He didn't say publicly shame you. What did he say? <laughs> Hang you upside down and force feed you vegetables. Which would not, which would, I, I would like that. <laughs> so in, what, two episodes ago, we mm-hmm. were giving a shout out to <coughs> Men of Misfortune. Mm-hmm. Who I love. Yes, uh, Dylan and Tyler and... Talon, 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 Talon. You even, like, yeah, we have family members named Talon. We should remember I do. That. My nephew's name is Talon. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, I mean, when we talk sometimes, I'm really bad with names. I'm yeah. really bad with names. Once I learn them, I never forget them, but. Yeah. Oh, it I was felt. so funny, though. The message we got, he was like, hi, the- I'm Talon, the forgotten Men of Misfortune member. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> I felt so bad. But it's Talon. Talon, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Just as much as I love Tyler and Dylan, <laughs> the men of misfortune. We love them. We love them so much. So much. Yeah. We also, I got another super nice message from another staple, Miss Stacy. Miss Stacy. So Ugh. last week, all of our episodes, you know, I was like dying sick and have been for like the last month. And today, Stacy messaged me and was like, I wish I lived closer to you because I would make you my mama's potato soup. It was what was like a staple when everybody else was sick. And I was like, that is like the nicest message I've ever received. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's so sweet. Like there are, there are some people that we have been engaging with that it's like, I know that we're going to be friends forever. Yeah. Like regardless of what happens with the podcast or whatever. I mean, Stacy is like genuinely salt of the earth. I know. She's really like kind good spirited good shit i know yeah so stacy we love you we do love you and heather is another one of those she's another like listener and she's a big supporter every yes. week is except she binged all of our episodes in like a week and a half she is like <laughs> she is like our ultimate hype girl i know she's, she's so I, awesome yeah like when when you're feeling shitty about yourself just read a message from her because you've got one sitting there waiting telling you how awesome you are i know she's amazing. like she's she's like just good 
good humans. I know. Good humans. And all of these guys that we're meeting, like I've said this before, like they're completely screwing up my concept of men because they are like genuinely good dudes. Yeah. Scott and Ryan, the original OGs, mm-hmm. like freaking love those guys. I know. And all of the guys, Tyler, Dylan, and Talon. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, go through the list here. From Men of Misfortune, like, they're just, like, they're just genuine guys. They're really genuine guys. So we've made such, like, amazing friends. Like, Farah yeah. from Amanda. Conversation Cabin, Amanda, One yeah. Nothing. Like, our little podcast group just keeps growing, and they're all just such good people. They're good people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's awesome. It's very, very cool. And it's cool that, um, you know, people that aren't in the, like, Stacy, And, you know, I mean, there's yeah, other ones. I know. Jim, and, you know, that are just, like... And part Eddie of this and, and Eddie, yeah, like they're all just part of it, which I I love. Yes, we say that all the time, but we say it all the time because it really is that important to us. Like it really does mean a lot to us, mm-hmm. a lot. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> uh, before, because we're trying to be better about this. Yes. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, The Suspended Sentence Podcast. If you would like to email us, it's the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. Buy Tracy's book, IDP. Yeah, here we go, here we go. Uh, no, 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 wrong. No. Nope. So IDP, just type in IDP by Tracy Ferris and no, it'll no. pop up. No, no, say it. Nope. Say the title. Uh-uh. Say it. I'm going to get it wrong. Do it. Nope. Come on, please. No, thank you. Please let me see if you know the title. I don't know the title here. Are you shitting me? I was looking at it last week. IDP and the 13 components of criminal thinking and behaviors? Yes. Ooh. Okay. It's a long title. It is. That was stressful. It's a long title. I was sweating. I know. Ooh. Yeah. So on anywhere that books are sold, preferably, I'm always a big, like, shout out to Barnes & Noble. I love Barnes & Noble. Yeah, you do. You do. (laughs) So... And There's Patreon. My and Patreon. Oh, and oh, I forgot. We're on Patreon. Yeah, please go follow us on Patreon. That's how, I mean, hopefully we get to a point where we can just do this and start, um, we're talking about starting a foundation, and so money would be nice. I'm not trying to make it about money, but yes. please go follow us and on Patreon. And if you're not in a financial spot to support in that way, please leave us a review or yeah. a rating. Tell your friends about us. That is honestly all we could ever ask for yeah absolutely for sure and then um if you caught our last episode josh over at Mm -hmm. why they left go check out his podcast check out what he's doing another great human being he god another man that is a great genuine kind loving genuine human being i know yeah yeah, so check out his podcast. Josh, we love you. Yes. Our little family. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so there was something that you said, oh, I want to talk about something when we start. And you're like, I'm I like, a- what? And she's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. I need a pop culture moment. Pop culture. So. Like music? No. Oh. Is pop culture only music? I don't. I think it's in like media know. too. I don't know. I don't know. I'm 140 years old. Facts. See, or 97. See, or she made the joke without me even having to. Yeah. So, I am a Vanderpump Rules whore. I What's love that? that show. It is a oh. reality TV show that me and my sister Coral, she's been on before. <laughs> if you would, like, chill out and let us, like, binge the rest of it. But it's fine. It's fine. It's neither here nor there. We've just been trying to watch it for two years. It's fine. With me? Or no, just with Coral. <laughs> oh, I don't. I stand in your way of doing that. Well, we're busy. Yeah. We're, like, busy people. And I like to guilt trip them into me. <laughs> Um, so I have watched it all, but last year when I first moved home, I started making Coral watch it. And it's a reality TV show that takes place in LA and it's 
like a group of waiters, waitresses, bartenders at a Lisa Vanderpump store or mm-hmm. restaurant. And they're all like friends and like it's a reality <laughs> TV show. It's like the drama and everything, right? Well, a few months back, um, Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval have been together for like nine years, okay? okay. Own a house together, <coughs> been together, essentially married. Like have a life together without being married, right? <clears throat> no kids. Her best friend, Raquel, her name's Rachel. We're not going to call her Raquel. Uh, it's been friends with them for like five years. Came out. Tom started a band. Was up on stage. His phone fell out of his pocket. Ariana said she just had like a womanly urge that she like needed to go through his phone. Uh, Opened his camera roll and found a inappropriate video of Tom and Rachel. Uh-oh. Um... They've been having a seven-month affair, and Rachel is Ariana's best friend. Oh, no. Yeah. So, this was, like, it's called Scandal. Everybody's been, like, freaking out about it. If you've been on the internet, you've probably seen something about it. I haven't. Wow. So, Rachel disappeared off the face of the earth after the reunion. She just came out on Bethany Frankel's, you know, Skinny Girl um, Margaritas. Yeah. Bethany Frankel's podcast today or yesterday an episode aired with her mm-hmm. where she said she left the reunion went to a 90 day like mental health place mm-hmm. where she said that she was told that she is addicted to being loved and I was like oh what is she like just addicted making... to being loved and like feeling loved and that's what her like therapist was telling her and that's why she, her, like, legal name is Rachel, but, like, she said in third grade she didn't feel unique enough with that name, so she changed her name to Raquel. Oh. And so I was like, is this, like, a real thing, like, mental health-wise? I'm like, I need to ask mom, because, like, what is this? <laughs> well. Or is she just pulling shit out of her ass to I mean, cover herself? I I could be wrong. <clears throat> I doubt it, but <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. But I don't believe that in the DSM-5 there is an actual diagnosis for that. Now, there are disorders that that would fall under. Oh, okay. But, but, I mean, being addicted to love, I mean, come on, there's music. So there's music about it, right? I'm addicted to love. <laughs> I, right? There's songs that I can't... Who sings that? I don't know. I don't know either, but now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. But, I mean, everybody wants to feel loved, right? Everybody, right. I mean, it's like a high. We all we all want that, unless you're Tracy. Then you run away from it. Right. <laughs> She's like anti, like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, no feelings. Feelings are bad. These are what we call feelings. Run! Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but so there's not, there's like no, like, diagnostic, like, consensus on, on what that what that means. Okay, so there could be, like, pathological love which is like impulse like impulse control disorders where I, I it's more like attention seeking really than it is love because I mean define love yeah I really define it you know this euphoric state of what I mean is it infatuation is it lust is it like what is it what part of the category of love this illusion of love not that love isn't real, but <laughs> that's not what I'm saying because clearly and obviously I'm a mother and I'm an over-the-fucking-top mother. I love my kids <laughs> fiercely. Yeah. Fiercely. But 
I, I mean, I don't know. So pathological love though could be like, like a mood disorder. Mm, okay. Really like inability to like regulate those, those feelings of euphoria. Really? I guess. I don't okay, know. Okay. Okay. I don't know. But I mean, is it the falling in love that she's addicted to? Is it the, the attention that she gets in the beginning? I mean, you'd almost need a little bit more information yeah. to be able to like, what? You're addicted to love? Everybody is addicted to love. Everybody wants to feel Feel safe. valued and loved. But, yeah. but what is being in love? I mean, really? Is it feeling safe? Is it feeling valued? Is it feeling secure? Is it feeling... I mean, what is that? What is love? Define love. I don't know. That's hard. I've I know. I've thought about that. And yeah. also, and, and do you really like... <laughs> this is going to be crazy, right? But... Is, is loving someone, is real love loving somebody even if they don't want to be with you? Even after they left you? Or is that the line that crosses between love and hate? Hmm. And what is, what is love? Define love. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to kind of, what do you mean you're addicted to love? You love everyone? Well, no, because if you love everyone, then you wouldn't have hurt someone in the process of finding love right because love would trump hurting someone and you wouldn't betray your best friend in that way lie to your best friend for seven months do things behind her back if you want love then is it sex-based i mean male versus yeah no i mean like male versus female okay because i love you right i don't want to have sex with you you're my daughter right it's not sexual but i love you i love stacy but that's not sex based. That's not intimate based. You know, I mean, is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's interesting. interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, I, so if it was like on the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, you're good. Continue. If it was on like the obsessive compulsive spectrum of like needing the obsession of being loved, that could be a possibility, right? Right. Or there could be like bioxal continuums, which is like, it's attachment to like behaviors, certain behaviors that are associated with this, with this word love that encompasses just so much, mm-hmm. right? It just encompasses so much. But people that have like high impulsivity and reward seeking, because that's what it kind of seems like, like showing you love, but I get something in return, right? Like right. you're going to tell me that I'm beautiful and you're going to touch me and you're going to show, you know, I mean, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. So that's, that's interesting. But but people who are compulsory like that, most typically, most typically, and I'm not saying that this is what she is, and this is general, I'm not a doctor, I'm not diagnosing, mm-hmm. I'm not... Disclaimer. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not clinical, I'm not, I mean, that's not my gig, right? But, but they most usually will have like attach, attachment disorders or issues, specifically sex-related, so they won't be loyal. It'll be for a short period of time, maybe three to six months, maybe two to five years. And then when they hit that mark, it'll be like, okay, next. That's funny. They're not together anymore. Weird. So right after all this came out, they're no longer together. She's changed her name back to Rachel from Raquel. Mm -hmm. And she isn't coming back for season 11 because she said in, I listened to the podcast this morning. um, She said, you know, Bravo's going to the bank with my store with this story from season ten, and there, and I'm not seeing any dime of it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that you say that. Yeah. So I mean, I just selfishly wanted to know if she's just like full of shit and just a horrible, disgusting human being, or like what her deal is. Well, because if, like now if, she's like she's like I was never even friends with Ariana, and I'm like you literally have been friends with her for five years. You were like if loving someone or being with someone hurts someone else, it's not love. Yeah, it's not. And love is not, love is, I mean, in my opinion, love is pure. Mm-hmm. It's more about loyalty, trust, safety. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. I don't know. Everybody has their own definition of love. But to me, like, if I say to somebody, I love you, I mean to the grave, I love you. I will have your sex. I will keep your secrets regardless of what you do to me. Yeah. In my opinion. Okay. One of my best friends, I had a best friend. We both friend. made the same hand. We, we did. The same we time. did. We were both like, hands up. Okay. Pops. Okay. Um, but here's, here's an example of like my, my stance on it, right? I had my best friend, best friend for 20 years. He was my best friend. I, he was in law enforcement. He literally saved my life more than one time. And I literally saved his life. He knew all of my secrets. I knew all of his secrets. He was, I mean, my best friend. Mm -hmm. Nothing sexual ever happened between he and I ever in 20 years. But um, if I ever called him, he answered the phone. If he ever called me, I answered the phone. Regardless of what we were doing, regardless of what was going on, we always answered the phone. We never, we weren't over the top. Like we didn't text each other constantly. We didn't call each other every day. We didn't, I mean, it wasn't like that, but he was my best friend. He was executor of my estate. He was president of my board of directors. He was my most trusted friend. And then one day he wasn't, and he betrayed me in a way that was like a knife directly through my heart, through my back. Yeah. And to this day, several years later, several years later, I still will defend him. I still have not told anybody any of his secrets. I would never, ever, ever betray him. I will never be friends with him again. <clears throat> right. Ever. He is, he is no longer welcome in my life. But I love him. Yeah. And I will love him until I take my last breath. And I will never, ever, ever betray him. That is love. Yeah. Love is not some, oh my God, I'm in love with you. That's not what love is. Yeah. Love is loyalty. It's long lasting. It's... It's I've got your six forever, forever, not for a minute, not for two years, not for 20 years, not for forever. I've got your six. Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but that's my definition of it. And that's why I'm 197 years old and single. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. Well, I just like, I listened to that today and I was like, ooh, we're recording tonight. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick your brain on that one. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of times, also, that females in particular get sex and love mixed up. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency of doing that too. But you know, I mean, once you and, and there's like chemicals and form pheromones and whatever that releases when you have sex with somebody, especially multiple times. And so maybe it's that high. Maybe it's I don't know. <clears throat> but that's interesting. That it's. I mean. It would be it would be kind of cool to see like what the actual diagnosis is because being addicted to love I don't think is an actual diagnosis. Yeah. 
Well, Rachel, if you ever come across our podcast, I would love to have Tracy pick your brain. Yeah, I would love to talk to you. And see what your deal is. Right. For sure. Take away my personal opinions. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. So if you hear this, yeah, we want to talk to you. I'll talk to you. I like talking about stuff like this. But anyway. Okay. So I'm bringing the case today. Yep. Because <clears throat> because you work a stupid job. You do work a stupid job. So, <laughs> who are you? Oh, well, I'm not done. Oh. So, um, but I don't, guys. I just want to talk about a case a little bit. What I actually want to talk about is something that actually goes along with what you were just talking about. So that was weird. Oh, is, great minds think alike. I mean, somewhat, somewhat, kind of, is um, it's come up a couple times in the last several ep- episodes, and so... I want to spend a little bit of time talking about it. Trigger warning, um, if we're going to talk about sexual abuse, we're going to talk about child sexual abuse, we're going to talk about things that are not pleasant to talk about or to hear. So if that is going to trigger you, please um, catch you next time. Yeah. Thanks Um, for being here for 20 minutes. Absolutely. Listening to me ramble. Um, But if not, um, then cool, come along with the ride. But... Also in this episode, here's our other disclaimer. Um, we hit the mental side, mental health side of everything that we do. And particularly in this case, I'm going to talk about resources and things that people can do who are having inappropriate sexual thoughts about children. Okay. Or sex in general. That does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that I am compassionate or empathetic to these people at all that's that's not what this is however we believe very very strongly in hitting every single side mm-hmm. of a topic of a case of anything so i'm going i'm going to talk about both sides of it and i'm going to do it in a very very objective way that does not mean that i condone it because let me tell you i have endured through my life <laughs> more sexual trauma than than is fair to anybody at all and i i'm not empathetic to it however we've got to hit every side yeah I to agree. be fair so we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about so if you guys don't want to hear that again see you next time thank you so much for listening to to this so far yeah. but anyway so are you good with that i'm good okay perfect i'm tracy i'm samantha this is the suspended sentence dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> so we have, um, in Spotify, it tells us, in our analytics, it tells us where the majority or where, like, what percentage of our listeners are coming from, what country. It gives us a breakdown of whether it's male or female or non-binary, non-binary or I, what, you know, all of the demographics of the people who are listening to us. And primarily, for the first few months, it was United States Strong. And now we're picking up other countries. Yeah. Um, and the second country, the second highest country that has the highest um, percentage of listeners is Canada. Yep. And um, so Canada. Hey. Hey, hey. So we're going to talk about Canada today oh, okay. um, in, our, in our case. And we're going to talk about a little bit of their, their legal system. If any of this is incorrect... To our Canadian listeners, please correct me and please let me know because yeah, I send us an email or an Instagram message. Yeah, absolutely. Because I want to learn law. Absolutely intrigues me, and so I want to know about this stuff. So if I say anything 
that's incorrect, please let me know. Yeah, for please, sure. Please, please, please. please. Not even just Canada. Anytime. Anytime yeah. we're wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But in particular, as it applies to this, please let please let me know if, if anything that I say is incorrect. Um, but so that's what we're going to we're going to talk. We're going to talk to Canada. And I mean, just if anybody's wondering, are male, female, binary, all of those percentages, I think they're pretty equal. Yeah. So which is very, very cool. Also, our age brackets are pretty we we don't have a population under the age of 18, which is great. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm thankful for that. Um, maybe because we hit explicit or something, and so maybe they're not permitted to. I hope. I hope that people under the age of 18 don't listen. Um, but um, to the population that is my age, and I'm not going to say 197 years old because that's disrespectful. I can't with you today. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, so... We're going to talk about Canada. So Canada, they abolished the death penalty in like 1976. Oh, okay. So they don't do, they do not do the death penalty. Um, so which is, which is not typical for, and that's not what we do here in the United States, in a lot of states. Um, but right after they did that, what they came up with was in their criminal code for Canada, what they, what they developed was what is called a dangerous offenders list. And it's called the DO. Okay, so this is implemented to deal with those inmates or those offenders who commit especially heinous crimes. Um, they're usually sex offenders. Um, I appreciate that Canada takes sex crimes as seriously as they do. Like they seem to view sex crimes as a very very serious thing which i appreciate i yeah, don't no, i don't feel like in the united states that we take it as seriously as it should be oh no definitely not at all so i appreciate this but <clears throat> the courts up in canada they tend to believe that this population of people are people who are the most likely to relapse like reoffend Okay. Yeah, we use the word relapse, relapse or reoffend if they were to be released back into society. Okay. Is sexual criminals? Sexual crimes. Okay. Yeah. So against children. So <clears throat> the de- the dangerous offenders, when you get the DO um, status in their prison system in Canada, they're given an indefinite prison sentence until the courts deem that th- that it's safe for them to be released. So if you, if, if they petition, if the, the state or the, they're not states there, what are they? Territory? Yeah. I don't know. What are they? Canada, our Canadian listeners, what are they? This is my ignorance here. If, if they, the prosecutor. Providence. Providence. Yeah. If they deem or they petition the courts to say, okay, this, this offender needs DO status. The courts can say, okay, DO status granted go to prison for an indefinite period of time until we say that you can get out, which is probably not going to be ever. Wow. Okay. So according to Correctional Services of Canada, there's over 500 people up there who have this DO status. And in all of these years, right, since 1976 or 1977, only 18 people have been released. In all of Canada, there's only 500 people on that list? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, so they wow. take it pretty seriously. But again, when you did the serial killer trivia thing, how many serial... I mean, 
Canada. Yeah, I mean, it was way less. Than yeah, that. it's considerably low. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. I yeah, mean, I that guess. is cool, I guess. Yeah. But today I want to talk about um, a guy from Canada who is, if you were to Google the most dangerous people, criminals in Canadian history, he will pop up on the list. Oh, okay. Okay, and no one died. Okay? What? Right. That's how serious they take this. But do they? Oh, okay. Okay. The hanger. His name is... Look at her in her storytelling. Uh, John Marie Melanison. Mel- Melanison? Oh, my gosh. Why can't I say words? Say that last name. Melanison? Right. Sure. M-E-L-A-N-S-O-N. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so he was born in St. John, New Brunswick. Brunswick. His childhood was a difficult one. At the age of approximately seven, he was sexually abused. And this abuse continued for like 10 years, 10 years following that. So from seven to 17, he was being sexually um, assaulted. Um, In the early 1980s, he became estranged from his family and he moved away and he joined the military. Now in the military, he was a cook. He wasn't an active, you know, like on the front lines or anything, but he was a cook and he was employed for the military. After leaving the military, he began a career as a chef, frequently moving from city to city. With his nomadic lifestyle, likable personality, and remarkable ability to gain people's trust, it made him very, very easy to find his victims. Oh, I don't like where this is going. No. Though he was homosexual, he kept his sexual orientation hidden, often pursuing relationships with single mothers to gain access to their children. Oh, why? He, no, I don't like where this is going. You're not going to like this at all. Yeah. He frequently, but stay objective, okay? okay We're hitting both objective. sides, okay? Okay, oh. he frequently played on these women's sympathies by telling him that he was a widow and that his wife was killed by a drunk driver. He was often hired as a babysitter, giving him the opportunity to prey on the children that was left in his care. Okay. So in 1988, you should see Samantha's face. I just, please uh, stand, I know please it's stand so objective. hard because like you were a single mom and it's like, I know, ugh. I know, I know. and it's, it's not what we're, but I mean, if there's people <sighs> out there who are having these tendencies, we don't want them to turn this off. We want them ugh, to listen. Sorry. So in 1988, he was convicted of having sexually assaulted a boy, a boy over a four week period of time. He knew the boy's father because they worked together at the same company. He claimed to be a Boy Scout leader, and he was allowed to sleep in the family's backyard for a month in a tent. He served the sentence that he received in this case in Saskatchewan. Okay. The parole board later would say, your criminal record shows a break in offending during the 1990s, but in the 1990s, he had actually come stateside, and he was living in the United States, and he was working in restaurants, and just being paid under the table. So there's actually not a lot of record of him being in the States. Okay. So who knows? Okay. So he moved though to Montreal either in 1999 or 2000. And he became a, he began a relationship with a woman and he moved in with her and her six year old son who he sexually assaulted 10 times. In April of 2000, he took nude photos of this boy and he stored them on his computer. He then dropped the boy off at school, 
took the woman's car and just disappeared. Okay. He was arrested three months later while driving around in the same car. At the Montreal courthouse, he pled guilty to several charges, including sexual assault, and was sentenced to 30 months in prison. Hmm. I'm going to just wait until you're done with the story before I say anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he would later admit to a criminologist conducting a study on pedophiles that when he lived in Montreal, he was part of what was called a Ganymede Collective, which was a group of between 50 and 60 pedophiles who all shared information about how to encrypt computer files that contain child pornography. So it's a group of these people. I don't even know how in the hell these people would find each other. I mean, like, how does that conversation come up? I don't know. Maybe it's a dark web type thing. It might be. Yeah, we did an episode on that. That might be That might be what it is. I mean, think about how else do you, like, because you don't just go up to somebody and be like, hey, so... Do you like looking Are at you? Yeah, no. Interested in child porn? Like that's not like a conversation no. that you have. No, absolutely not. But hey, and and you'd be afraid 50, of being found out. Absolutely. So I mean, unless it was like a dark web type thing. It must be. You you're probably right. But and then there was fifty or sixty of them, and so they're they're exchanging information on how they're not getting caught and how to encrypt this information, and how to pass it along and share it with each other and. And blah, 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 which honestly makes me physically nauseous. But um, it was earlier, it was the earlier version of the group computer savvy pedophiles that were uncovered by the, this is French and I don't know French. <laughs> I'm taking Can't, French. Yeah. What is that? No idea. Something. Sature de, de Quebec. Quebec. I don't know. In 2016... My French lessons aren't that good yet. Yeah, she's just starting. (laughs) I'm on week three, okay, calm down. In 2016, through an investigation dubbed Project Mm, mm, French, M-A-L-A-I-S-E. Malise? I don't know. So after, after he completed his sentence for abusing this little boy in Montreal, he moved to Winnipeg, where in 2006... He was convicted convicted of possessing child pornography and sentenced to time served. What? Then he moved to the Northwest Territories where he worked in a restaurant in Hay River and he defriended a co-worker there. During the fall of 2006, he babysat the co-worker's four and five-year-old sons, which was in violation of his probation, but, but that's what he was doing. Now, so he's babysitting, and after the third time of babysitting these little guys, his dad starts to notice that their behavior is changing. And he started to kind of question, hey, like, why is my four and five-year-old wetting the bed? Why are they, like, why won't they let me touch them? Why do they, you know, like, hug them? Why are they pulling away? Why are they displaying this behavior? And so the next time that John was over at their house, he took his computer and he opened it up and started going through it where he found a whole bunch of child porn on it, mm-hmm. including pictures of his sons. Oh my God. How did this dad not like beat the so, shit out of him? So he did. He confronted okay. him. He confronted him. And what he did was as soon as he was like, I just found this on your computer. Can you explain this to me? John just takes off running. He just takes off running and he bolts. He just leaves. And he went to hide in Toronto. 
He was arrested. He was found and he was arrested a month later in February of 2007. And eventually he pled guilty to sexual abuse. Mm. (laughs) Right. Mm. So at the time, he was 48 and he pled guilty to two counts of sexually assaulting children under the age of 10 and possessing child pornography. In addition, the prosecution sought the DO status. The court psychiatrist found him to be at high risk to reoffend. No shit. Stay objective. I know. <laughs> well, he had, I mean, already multiple times, right. you know, um, to reoffend, stating that he was narcissistic and manipulative with antisocial traits that included lack of remorse with no impulse control. The court also took into consideration his previous convictions, more than 50. Whoa. Eight of which were sexual. In 2011, the Supreme Court Justice granted the application for dangerous offender status. And like all dangerous offenders, he had the right to, you know, like a parole hearing after seven years to have it reconsidered. The judge says the following, and I will quote, You have been committing sex crimes since your mid-teens, and your preferred targets are young males between the age of 6 and 14. You have referenced 20 to 25 victims who have never laid charges against you for the sexual crimes and assaults that you have committed on them. Oof. So, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, Hmm. (sighs) okay, go ahead, say it. What the fuck? I know. So, you know, I mean, I, it was kind of, it was kind of a bittersweet, not bittersweet. God, I can't find words today. It was kind of a, I was so not excited, like gratified to pull up the most dangerous criminals in Canada. And the number one person on there was a sex offender with no, I don't want to say violent because sex crimes are violent, but, but without any deaths. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I listen to this, and I'm just like, "What? This the- is kind of worse. What the hell? These kids are having to live with that for the rest of their lives. Like that's well, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, I, I it made me it made me wonder honestly. You know the 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 forever long question of if someone is sexually abused, will they sexually abuse? Like, is a tendency greater? Because you hear a lot with, you know, like serial killers or whatever that, or or just criminals in general, I guess, specifically related to murder, where they have either an abusive childhood or, you know, or physically abused or sexually abused or something. So if a child is abused, are they more likely to abuse as an adult? What, are you, what do you think before I give you the answer? I don't know. This kind of doesn't this kind of go back to like, nurture versus nature kind of type deal so i mean isn't that like the like most debated thing in the world is if things that cause like because if that's the case like like you said a couple episodes ago you should be like a fucking hot ass mess i should be in prison i i mean i've had traumatic shit happen Mm -hmm. like i don't think i'm like i'm a member of society i like go to work every day i feel like i do community service stuff i feel like i'm a pretty like Mm -hmm average human being 
Like, if that was the case, the world would be a freaking shit show. I don't think that yeah. that's like... So there actually is no evidence that supports that a child who is abused will abuse. Yeah. And there is no... <clears throat> there is no extra tendencies <clears throat> to doing that. I'm drinking coffee and it's a caramel macchiato and it's like stuck in my throat. So sorry mm-hmm. about my, my throat clearing here. Um, and she's a little anxious about this topic. I'm, yeah, <laughs> it makes me, I'm a little anxious, but, um, but, but there's no, just because, not just because, but because that happens to you, it doesn't mean that that's what you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I tend to think, and this is my personal opinion this is my personal opinion. This is not fact. This is not backed by science. This is not... I I think that it's a fucking excuse. I think so too. We are accountable for our own actions. Mm-hmm. We are accountable for what we do to other people and we can blame it on all sorts of things, whatever you want. And you can justify the shit out of it, but it doesn't matter. Ultimately, you're responsible for what you do. Now... Also, I say a lot, though, that the why matters. The why does matter if the why is a valid why and it's not an excuse, right? Mm -hmm. But sexual crimes are something that is, it happens at such an alarming rate. I'm trying to find the right word. That it's, it's not even, I don't even want to use the word sickening. It's so saddening. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so saddening that you can't look in a magazine or you can't turn on the TV without sex being thrown in your face and that we are so desensitized to to sexuality that it isn't a big deal. It isn't what it is, which is a big deal. Sex is a big deal. Sexuality is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? But I did find some sex offenders in particular, their recidivism rates are actually pretty normal to recidivism rates for anybody that commits any other crime is what they say i don't know what that word that you just said means recidivism yeah. their tendency of reoffending. Oh, okay <clears throat> she's using like big fancy like professional words and i'm like girl so what? the recidivism rates for a sex offender is approximately like 10 to 15 percent of them will do it again in the next five years 20% over the next 10 years, 30 to 40% over the next 20 years. That's, I mean, it's actually lower than than people who do drugs or rob or kill. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, let's go back to what we learned in this story about how he had a community right. where they shared information. And we all know this. Everybody knows this. For every time you catch someone doing something, there is 50 times that you didn't. Mm-hmm. That's, that's for anything. You catch somebody smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, speeding, throwing something out the window. I mean, anything. Anything. For any time you get caught, there's going to be 50 times that you didn't. Right. So, I don't... But then, but then there are some things, I believe, Samantha, that you don't take the risk for. Right. I mean, once you cross those cross that line, I mean, you've made your bed. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I I don't know. 8 only 
of people. This was, this surprised me. It didn't really surprise me, but it kind of surprised me that it was this high. Only about 8% of all rapes and sexual assaults for everybody who's, who undergoes this is done by a stranger. Yeah, I mean... More than 90% of people are sexually assaulted by somebody that they know and that they trust. Yep. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. This, these statistics, I did not know. I'm a numbers person and I like statistics, but these statistics, I did not know. Did you know that men who are in the military are 10 times more likely to experience sexual violence? I've heard that before. You have? I I had never heard that before, ever. I don't work with sex crimes. I, I steer away from this, so I don't know these statistics really well. So that one was, I was like, oh my God. Um... Oh, I just, I would I think in think the military, you're so disciplined and you're so like rules and regulated that <clears throat> I don't I'm trying know. trying to think of what, oh, gosh, why can't I think of her name? The girl at Fort Hood in Texas. Mm-hmm. I watched her documentary yeah. from, cause she was murdered by a coworker mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the military. Um, <clears throat> and I was living in Texas at the time when that happened. So, I mean, it was all over. I mean, the not amber alerts but like the yeah code red alerts or whatever when you're looking for sure. someone i mean i received those because i was in texas so when the documentary came out i was like super into like following what had happened to her and they had talked about like the things that happen and that you wouldn't think in military bases and yeah. i mean because you would think like i think military i think discipline i think structure mm-hmm. i don't think i don't you know, but I, yeah, and she, the reason that statistic was in there is they were talking about like sexual assaults on female officers, male officers, because she had been assaulted at, on base yeah. and had reported it. Yeah. And I mean, things that you don't. Yeah. And, and it's then, probably higher than that. There's probably a lot of things that aren't reported. Oh, from shame. 100%. I mean, you have well, strong just men up. and like, I mean, it's just like, I mean, a lot of rapes of women don't get reported right because there's shame and there's you know so children actually like almost all of them will not say anything for up to or for greater than a year like most of the time they won't say anything until like you'll see it in their behavior and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the psychological changes that that happens when that happens to a child um but this statistic also surprised the shit out of me and it made me super super sad is that the chances of being sexually assaulted are 13 percent higher for members of the lgbtq community 46 yeah. percent higher for bisexual women and 47 percent higher for bisexual men because people are well what is every man's fantasy two women yeah and most of the time, one of them doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And for bisexual men, it's power and control, right? It's very, very rarely. Sexual abuse is very, very rarely about the sexual act, but it's about power and control. So it's this woman or this man isn't conforming to the way that I believe, so I'm going to, I'm in, you know, mm-hmm. terrorize them. And that's what it is. Right. That's what it is. But I didn't know that statistic, and that made me, like, it just it makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. 
Um, I already said that 93% of kids who have been sexually abused know their attackers very, very well. Yeah. Most often it's babysitters or it's a stepfather or stepmom. Usually it's somebody very, or uncle, somebody that's very, very close in their family that does that. I mean, I guess that makes sense because was it middle school where we found out that there was all of those boys that had been assaulted? Yeah. I mean, he was a student teacher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we didn't find out about that until years after the abuse. I know. Years later. I mean, I these know. boys were in high school by the time it came out. Right. And then most of them didn't want to say anything because they were going to be called they were going to be called names and they were going to be degraded and the shame that's associated with that and the social stigma. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to go through a few things that a few of the things, okay, that the sexual assault and rape does to the human brain. And I've said this a lot, like childhood trauma in particular, well, trauma, but specifically childhood trauma. I've said this, I think in every single episode, it literally changes the chemical makeup of your brain. It changes you. And these things like your brain is amazing. Your brain can block memories and it can block thoughts, but the body never forgets Mm -hmm. ever. You will do things as an adult and be like, I don't even know why I did that. And then you'll learn something that happened to you and you'll be like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh dear God. Like the body never forgets. But how this will manifest later, even if you, even if, you provide all of the resources and care that somebody needs immediately following a, a, such a horrific act. There will be depression, anxiety, PTSD, personality disruptions. And what I mean by personality disruption is like unhealthy attachments or complete detachment of people mm-hmm. or fear of being abandoned, fear of, I mean, just unrealist, unrealist, not unrealistic, just fears of anything that's, that's intimate Intimate, not being sexual, y'all. Intimate being interpersonal, like real relationships. Relationships. Right, absolutely. It can lead to addiction. It can lead to eating disorders um, and sexual dysfunction. Yeah. And I don't mean erection. I mean like sexual problems with sex, problems with intimacy, fear of certain sexual positions or fear of, I mean, it, it... the the results and the way that it manifests is forever mm-hmm. it's forever and <clears throat> so one of for the population that that may whatever or just so people know and if you ever run into somebody who has these i mean like <clears throat> get help yeah get help if you start to have thoughts or desires that you know are inappropriate, you know that they're inappropriate, please seek medical help, mental health help. Go to your primary care physician. There's tons of hotline numbers out there. We're going to post those on our IG. We're going to put them out there um, because we want to be a part of the solution, not just sitting around saying how disgusting this is because it's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. But one of the mental health diagnoses I suppose or or reasons that people that some people are do these things I suppose could be compulsive sexual behavior okay Okay? and this is an actual diagnosis right 
It's sometimes called hypersexuality or sex addiction, sexual addiction. It's an intense focus on sexual fantasies, urges, or behaviors that cannot be controlled. <coughs> I just took a drink. <clears throat> oh, it causes distress and problems for your health, your jobs. So compulsory sexual behavior includes a lot of commonly enjoyable sexual experiences like Masturbation, sexual arousal, using a computer to communicate, multiple sexual partners, the use of pornography, or even paying for sex. But when these sexual behaviors become major constant focus in your life, are difficult to control, cause problems in your life, or are harmful to you or others, that's likely compulsive sexual behavior. So <clears throat> if, if you decide that maybe, hey, this isn't maybe particularly healthy or it hurts someone or could potentially hurt someone, you gotta ask yourself the following questions. Can you manage your sexual impulses? Are you distracted by your sexual impulses or behaviors? Is it hurting your relationship, affecting your work or causing problems? And the biggest one, is it something that you're trying to hide? Yeah. If you can't sit around a table with your girlfriends or your boyfriends or your family or whatever and, and joke and, and laugh and whatever about <clears throat> sexual things that happened and you have to hide it or you're holding back, then it's not healthy. Right. Then it's not good. And going to a medical provider, going to your physician or to, or to a mental health professional, these are confidential interactions please get help. Yeah, for sure. Please get help. There's medication, there's therapy, there's there's a million things that could be at your disposal to help you control your impulses and and to not not do that. I just we just went over all of the things, the things, it's such a general word, right? All of the effects that sexual assault and sexual abuse has on people. Mm -hmm. please take it seriously yeah seriously because these things don't ever go away and <clears throat> they never go away mm -hmm. so well that was heavy yeah this has been um i haven't feel like i have talked very much in the last this episode or no, last episode I'm sorry but they have been no because they've been like very like serious topics um if there's a weird uh, connection in between uh, <laughs> where she had her coughing fit to continuing talking, that's because Tracy had to go outside and vomit. But I did. I did. I went outside. And I, uh, I can't. I. This is why, like, professionally, I cannot do sexual abuse cases. I can't. Like, it. Mm -hmm. I have a physical reaction to some things. Yeah. And sexual abuse and sexual, like, this is, this is one probably, of them. Probably, yeah, my toy box killer freaks you out so much yeah it just it's changes the chemical makeup of your brain and it is so destructive yeah it's so destructive so yeah so now i get to go throw clean up vomit oh in the yard because i samantha well, was like oh my god are you okay and i I'm mean like, it was it's an important like topic but like it's an uncomfortable topic but i mean there isn't change unless you talk about uncomfortable things right so 
Right. So thank you for that. <laughs> and because people don't talk about it, maybe maybe some people don't know where to get help. And if one if one child or one person is helped because we're talking about it or because somebody talks about it, then it's worth it. Then it's all worth it, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, the whole sex crimes not being about sex and being about power there are a magnitude of different things that you can do in your life to get that feeling of self-esteem self-confidence and power over things that don't hurt someone else yeah and i don't know maybe i'll write a blog or something to put up on on our ig of things that that you can do to empower yourself and to and to make you feel like you have more power and control over your life yeah. Without hurting other people. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. Yeah, maybe you should. <clears throat> but anyway, well thanks for sitting through that. It's uncomfortable. I'm it sorry. It's uncomfy. Yeah, I'm but I apologize thank you for, for doing that research. Yeah. It's that uncomfortable. Gotta be uncomfortable sometimes to Yeah. Yeah, and thanks everybody for joining us. Yes. And hopefully I don't even know. <laughs> I know, right? What do you how do you end that? I don't know how to end that. I know. Thank you guys for being here. Stay safe.